You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com, Brian. And this week for our podcast, we've asked you to put on your projection hat. And we're projecting bullpens, lineups, and rotations as if the season started today. So I want to get to something that our friend Allison Footer uh, caught. She was at an event with owner Jim Crane, and he came out and said that they're, quote, actively pursuing a high-end starter, not necessarily a free agent, and might be willing to trade. So before we get to um, what the starting rotation looks like, are there any names that stand out to you that could fit this description? Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I mean, the, the two big free agent pitchers that, that are out there, of course, are Arietta and, and Hugh Darvish, and I don't see either one of those guys coming to the Astros. I mean, um, I mean, they, I just don't see the Astros ponying up that kind of money um, for a starting pitcher. I just don't think that's the way they're going to do business, especially when the rotation's already pretty good. Now, if you make a trade, I think they could do that, and I, I think that's probably where they, they're leaning at this point. And the, the one, the name to look out for there to me is is Chris Archer. Um, he's got a very team friendly deal. He's under contract for a few more years. Um, it's no secret the Rays are, are trying to you know trade away some pieces. Um, and also, he's got a great relationship with AJ Hinch. They they went back and forth a little bit when he was uh, AJ Hinch was on the coaching staff for the 2015 All-Star Game and, and built a relationship and, and so forth. So, I mean, I think he would be a great fit. The issue for the Astros is at, at what price. I mean, they're going to have to give up some prospects, and and they've already done a couple of deals to give up some prospects. But at this point, they're, they're hesitant to give up any other two top prospects, which force Whitley, the pitcher, and Kyle Tucker, the outfielder, and rightfully so. And I still think they would be hesitant to trade either one of those guys, which might uh, I mean, a deal doesn't work with the Rays, but it's going to be interesting to see because it looks like they are pushing hard on the trade fund. Garrett Cole is another one. Um, they would have him under contract for only, only two more years, so that's why I think I would like Archer a little bit more if I'm the Astros. But it should be interesting to see if the Astros are, are willing to part with one of those top guys to get another uh, top-of-the-rotation arm to what is already a deep rotation. All right, we're going to keep a magnifying glass on that on that um, news yeah. and see what happens. But let's look at the starting rotation. You were asked to project what it would be on opening day. So we've got Verlander, Keuchel, McCullers, Morton, Peacock, McHugh. Who do we got? Who's the starting five? Well, right now, right now, yes, you have you have Morton um, uh, down at the bottom, the World Series hero. But Verlander is your ace. There's there's no question about that. Um, Dallas Keuchel is coming in, another Cy Young Cy Young Award winner. He's coming in at number two. Lance McCullers Jr., um, young pitcher on the rise, is number three. Then you know you can put in Morton, the probably number four. Uh, number five, you could come down to a couple of guys. You have Brad Peacock, who had the breakout year last year in the bullpen and and uh, as a starter on occasion. Then you also have Colin McHugh, who missed the first three and a half months last year, and then uh, you know pitched pretty well, 19 game winner a couple of years ago. So. They have some depth there. They have six choices for five mm-hmm. spots. And really, it's going to come down that last spot. will come down to McHugh and Peacock. And I think if they go out and get another another starting pitcher like we talked about, I think then, then, Pe- then Peacock is for sure destined for the rotation. And, and McHugh is probably out of the rotation. Um, but that you know that's the price you pay when you, you have quality depth like that. But uh, I think one through four are set. And number five, it's, it's just a matter of what they do the rest of the winter and, and 
and I guess maybe spring training will go a long way to decide uh, if Peacock or, or McHugh get that final spot. Okay, so we're waiting and we're waiting and seeing. Spring training will be telling these next few weeks will obviously be telling as well. So let's look at the lineup. Brian, you said that the World Series lineup is intact heading into 2018, and that is going to be trouble for the rest of the league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was the lineup that was the deepest lineup in baseball. You know, maybe that changes now with Stanton going to the Yankees. But, you know, the Astros led the majors in, in pretty much every category, runs, batting average, uh, OPS, slugging. They also struck out fewer times than anybody. They were they were second in home runs, I believe. But you know, if you look at the the, the top of the lineup, is coming back intact. Springer, World Series MVP. Um, Bregman, who's a, a budding star at number two. Altuve, MVP at number three. Correa, MVP caliber player at four. After that, I mean, it depends on how you want to mix them up. But you have Guriel, who uh, had a very solid year. Um, you have uh, Brian McCann is back at, at catcher, hitting lower in the lineup. Um, you know, what do you do in left field? Marlon Gonzalez is back off a career year. Is he going to play left or is he going to move around a little bit, play some different positions? DH, uh, Carlos Beltran is gone, but I mean, his playing time was diminished as the year went on. So um, you're going to have Evan Gaddis back, maybe getting more bats. I still think there's a chance they could add like a left field DH guy to that lineup. So it's the deepest lineup in baseball. And, uh, you know, other than losing Beltran, which is not a big loss considering, you know, how he was used last year, everyone's coming back. And that, that's, that's bad news for the rest of the AL West for sure. All right. I like to hear that. And moving to the bullpen, Brian, the Astros let go of Luke Gregerson, but they've got Ken Giles, Joe Musgrove, Chris Dragon, Davinsky, Will <laughs> Harris. They're still a force to be reckoned with, right? Yeah, the bullpen was a weakness last year. That's no secret. I mean, look at the way they, they managed the bullpen in the playoffs. I mean, A.J. Hinch put Giles on the bench for the last three games of the World Series. And in the playoffs, he used uh, in, in some really big spots. He went to some of his starters. I mean, Justin Verlander in Game 4 of the ALDS. Uh, game 7 of the ALCS, McCullers closes it. Game 7 of the World Series, Charlie Morton, the starter, pitches the last four innings. But they did go out and at the winter meetings and did add a pair of veteran-quality arms. Uh, Joe Smith um, comes in, a very nice pickup, the side armor. I, I think he's going to fit in very nicely. Hector Rondon from the Cubs, a little bit of an off year last year, but his strikeout rate went up. He was very good the two years before that. Um, they still could use another left-hander. We all know there's a, there's a lot of guys on the market. But for me, the bullpen comes down to Giles. He's got to put it all together. He had a pretty good regular season, too inconsistent at times. I think he's got to put it together between the ears a little bit. Will Harris is very steady. You like him back there. Davinsky wore down a little bit in the second half, but he's an all-star. You like him. Joe Musgrove was a, a, re- a revelation after he moved from the, mm-hmm. the rotation to the bullpen in 23 starts. He was unhittable. Then you add in Joe Smith and Rondon, and all of a sudden a bullpen that was pretty good is now ha- has a chance to be really good. But it's going to come down for me to Giles. He's going to have to be more consistent uh, closing out some of these games, not be so messy and letting guys get on base and overcome the uh, the issues he had in the playoffs. Pending health, Brian, I don't hear a lot of holes in, in the bullpen, in the lineup, in the starting rotation. It sounds like this team is pretty sound. And, you know, they're, a lot of these guys are tweeting and chirping about going back to back. And it doesn't seem too far out of the question at this point, which is pretty exciting as we head right into spring training. And another guy I want to look at, Brian, is Derek Fisher, 24 years old. He's looking to make his mark in left field for the Astros. 
Our MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis caught up with Derek Fisher at last weekend's Rookie Career Development Program, and here's what he had to say. Derek, how much had you heard about the Rookie Career Development Program before you came here? And You've been in the big leagues already, but how much do you think this stuff will help you going forward? How much of it do you wish you maybe had known some of before you got to the big leagues the first time? <clears throat> you know, I think it's big for, for all of us because you can never hear enough of what we're hearing, and there's a reason why. Um, we're hearing so much of it is because it continues to happen and there's some of them are good and some are bad um, but you continue to hear about it for a reason so when you continue to hear about things like that you, you start to take a little bit more of an initiative to like the people around you and and the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis because they really do affect you not only was this a, it would have been a big year for you anyway you know making your major league debut and getting some playing time but I mean you're part of a World Series win and not only we part of World Series when you actually scored the game-winning run in one of the most exciting games. Yeah. Can you just talk about what it was like the last couple of months, you know, winning the division, going to the playoffs, and then bringing a championship to a city that was starved for a positive news story after getting hit by a hurricane? Yeah, I mean, this whole year um, has been pretty tremendous. I mean, with the, with the team that we were able to put together um, and being, um, you know, pretty familiar with that team in spring training. Um, I spent the whole, the whole time in spring training with them and being able to just pick their brains, just understand the people that they were. Um, and then obviously from the outside looking in, as the whole country saw, I mean, before I was even there, just watching games every day just to be able to see, like, this team has a lot of fun. And I just wanted to be a part of it and, and be able to just contribute to a team that questionably is, is one of the best ever. And, um, and, I, and I think for, for somebody like me or anyone that could have been in that position, it's, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to be with that group and do what we did because it was something that obviously we'd been pushing for for so long. I mean, you've got to be an active participant too. I mean, the simple question, I mean, what's it like scoring the game-winning run in a game like Game 5, one of the craziest World Series games anybody's ever seen? Yeah, I mean, the games are a little different when you're, when you're in the dugout, and that's something that I learned once I was able to just see the game from you know from a TV screen just to be able to look back and, and be able to watch and be able to to really see what went on because you know the up and down um, of the entire series uh, was definitely something that that shows a lot about the team and and, and, the, and the group of guys that we had on a day-to-day -day basis to show up and and be able to play the way that we the way that we did and be able to watch um, you know the uh, the World Series MVP and then ultimately the the AL MVP to be able to watch them on a day-to-day -day basis is something that somebody can't ever some people can't say that they've ever seen now that you you've been in the big leagues um, you know the next step is to win an everyday job and become a regular from your time in the big leagues what have you learned that you're going to need to what adjustments you're going to have to make to, to get an everyday role i mean preparation i mean preparation is key and that's something that i can honestly say that wasn't really a big part of my game even up to you know uh, two years ago so to be able to see uh, there, there's a reason why um, and i forget who said about it earlier in the program today there's a reason why the best the best people are just different, and and I saw that this year with with some of the, I mean arguably the best pitcher of our generation and Justin Verlander and the, and, and and how he prepares on a day to day basis and how much that correlates to what has been said here tonight um, is honestly preparation and it's and it's impressive and it and it's uh, it shows you how long and how why these people can play the game for so long. We have a, a series just kind of fun questions we've been asking people. What uniform number do you wear and why did you pick that number? I wear 21. Um, 
this year in the big leagues, 22 is my favorite number. So the reason why I'm not wearing 21 is probably because Reddick wears 22. <laughs> okay. Why, why, was, why is 22 your favorite number? It was always a number I wore as a kid, and I, was a, and I loved football growing up. And, and, and for some reason, 22 is a number that I've just stuck with my entire life. Okay. How about, uh, do you have a celebrity lookalike? Does anybody say you look like anybody in particular? You never, never get any of that? No. Okay. How about craziest baseball experience? That's an easy one, man. Postseason. There was nothing like it. The postseason and ultimately the World Series. It's, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. How about your, your favorite MLB memory from your childhood? Oh, boy. Uh, still Jeter's last game and, and, and ending it in a walk-off. That was probably because Derek Jeter was my favorite player growing up. And um, that was something that I'll never forget. And the squat that he took at shortstop after the, uh, after the inning. Now, what I, what I need to know, Brian, what the fans need to know, why was this guy chosen? And do you think he can occupy a regular role for 2018 with the Astros? Well, last year he, he came up to the big leagues at the end of the year, got his feet wet, only played in a handful of games, um, you know, struck out a lot, did, did show some of the tools that, um, you know, why the Astros liked him, that power. He can really run, not a great defender, but um, that, that run power, that speed power combination is pretty rare. So I think they wanted to send him there just to, uh, he's a guy on the come and a guy I think that's, that has done everything he can in the minor leagues. It's time to see what he can do in the big leagues. Of course, he had a huge moment in the World Series scoring the, the winning run in game five when he pinch ran for McCann. But this is going to be a big spring and a big season for him because, like we talked about, there, there's potential for an opening in left field, and that, mm-hmm. that could be his spot. He, and if they don't go out and get a left fielder, that's sort of going to be an open competition in left field. Yeah, Marvin Gonzalez is going to play there, but they want Marvin to move around more. So if Fisher can go out there and take the bull by the horns, he could be their starting left fielder. That being said, the Astros are going to swing a trade for one of these pitchers that they're after. I think Derek Fisher is more than likely included. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they nearly traded him to the Phillies in the Ken Giles deal. The deal had to be reworked, and they ended up keeping him. But so it's either it's sort of a sink or swim, or maybe even a uh, a move on year for for uh, Fisher and the organization. So he's certainly going to be one to watch in the next few weeks and going into spring training, see if he's ready to step up and get that really the one the one spot in the in the offense where you're wondering who's, who's going to get those at bats, and Fisher's got a shot to do that in left field. All right, we're all just waiting for these chips to fall. It's just a huge domino effect at this point. Every team is just waiting for those couple of guys to get off the board, and it's all going to happen. If you still need to get your Astros fix, your Brian McTaggart fix, you can go to Astros.com and read all of that good stuff. Brian, I always appreciate your time. I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.